Welcome to the AccuSmile Podcast, where it's my mission to help new practitioners of Chinese medicine navigate from school to career. I'm Stacy. I'm an acupuncturist and herbalist, podcaster, coach, and creator of Magical Networks. Be sure to check out all four pillars of the podcast where I cover case studies to sharpen your clinical skills, mindset Mondays to support your mental health, new practitioner interviews to prove that you are not alone, and all things business from launching your practice to negotiating your pay if you choose to be an employee. This podcast is made possible by our sponsors. So if you would like to support the podcast, be sure to check out the sponsors page on the website to claim your special AccuSprout offers. When I first started my practice, I was actually kind of a disaster when it came to my books. I hired an accountant who actually laundered money from another client. So I went on a quest to find a bookkeeper who really tailors to and loves working with acupuncturists. And I found Sarah at Horizon West Bookkeeping, and I'm feeling pretty fortunate. Sarah offers acupuncturists and the AccuSprout community a couple different packages so that she can meet you where you are. If you're new to practice, she can come in and do what's called a QuickBooks startup package for you, where you get pretty deep discounts on QuickBooks for about four months. She sets up your chart of accounts, assists with linking your bank accounts, makes sure that all the transactions are imported, and then teaches you how to use it with two hours of one-on-one training. It's a killer deal. She also offers cleanup packages and catch-up packages. Not catch-up packages, guys. Catch-up packages. And a monthly package, which is what I use. And I find it quite affordable and so, so, so worth it because, honestly, I never, since the beginning, have been able to keep up with my bookkeeping. You can schedule a free 15-minute consultation with Sarah to make sure that you guys are the right fit for each other. And you can do that at horizonwestbookkeeping.com forward slash AccuSprout or look for the link in the show notes. Today's episode is also sponsored by Jane, an all-in-one practice management software with helpful features to power your acupuncture practice. Jane offers flexible scheduling options that match the way you work. You have the option of offering one-on-one online sessions for initial consults, meeting in person, and scheduling staggered appointments to accommodate treating patients across different treatment rooms. Jane has you covered. Keep the relaxation going with a seamless checkout experience using Jane's PCI-compliant payment solution, Jane Payments. You can collect patient credit cards securely through your intake form or at the time of booking with an online booking payment policy. This can also help reduce no-shows in your practice. It's a win-win. And Jane's unlimited SMS and email reminders can be sent automatically before each appointment as an extra layer of no-show protection. To learn more about how Jane's helpful features can help you power your acupuncture practice, head to jane.app to book a one-on-one demo with a member of their team. Or if you're ready to get started, head on over to accusprout.com forward slash Jane. And remember to use the code accusprout1mo at the time of sign up to get a one-month grace period applied to your new account. Welcome to the AccuSprout Podcast, where it's my mission to create a supportive community for new practitioners of Chinese medicine, while I give you the information and inspiration to help you grow towards your vision of success in your first couple years of practice. This is Stacey Whitcomb, and I am your host.
Welcome back to the show. Today is going to be another Mindset Monday episode. Today we're going to be talking about the wounded healer in business. First, we're going to talk a little bit about the the origin of the term wounded healer. And then we're going to talk a little bit about how that plays out in modern practice. Then I'm going to discuss the three challenges of the wounded healer in business and give you some solutions. I also did an episode on the wounded healer in practice that you might want to listen to. Overlaps this, obviously, we're going to talk about some of the very similar things, some of the similar challenges, but perhaps how that works in more of the medical practice setting and how we treat patients. So if this resonates with you, be sure and take a look at the episode called The Wounded Healer in Practice. Like I said in that episode, this year of the tiger has been fascinating for me personally, it has been full of this fast moving river that I have zero control over, but is taking me in some really, really great places. I think places that my soul was really searching for because I've felt quite not in the right place for basically since I started my practice. And so there are a lot of things that are happening really fast that I I feel like I don't really have control over. But as long as I stay in the stream and stay true to myself and stay in flow as much as possible, then I'm going exactly (laughs) where I want to go, honestly, and, and where I need to go. So I'm excited about all of that. But one of the things that has happened for me this year is this exploration of my own trauma and how that has affected me as a practitioner and as a business person, launching my practice multiple times because of COVID. And then honestly, I had a major health crisis in February, which made me shut my practice again. So looking at that and really addressing like, what's going on? (laughs) What is going on? I'm supposed to be putting on a podcast, teaching people how to open a practice and mine's got shut down twice, not because I wanted it to. So I'm really interested in trauma and I'm really interested in what's happening in the world today. And I'm, I'm interested in what's happening in myself and my body and my practice and my life around trauma. And also how trauma is affecting you as new practitioners coming into practice. And one of the things that, that became extremely bright for me that I want to talk about is this, this aspect of business because I don't think... And I just don't think anybody realized it, but I don't think that we teach business in a way that really speaks to the wounded healer practitioner, which honestly, 75 to 80% of us are. And so that is sort of my new inspiration to come talk about that and talk about ways that I have circumvented and coping mechanisms that I've used in business. And I think that we all like to say that we're introverts, but I think actually what's happening is that we're wounded healers. Most business people are not necessarily wounded healers, but we are. And so we need to take business from this perspective, not from the perspective of the, the you know, it used to, we used to think that the extroverts were the ones that were great at business, but, but introverts can be really great at it too. I'm an extrovert and introvert, and I excel at, at business things. But, but oftentimes my insides are going crazy, and they're screaming, and the, the scream is bigger 
than what the situation is called for. And that's how I recognize that this is my trauma speaking and my trauma has spoken quite a bit in how I treat patients and also in business. And so without further ado, I'm going to cover the history of the wounded healer. And then we're going to talk about three things that I see are the challenges of the wounded healer in business with some solutions. So, so the wounded healer originally was coined in Greek mythology. So Chiron was a centaur. So that means that he was half man, half horse. But Chiron's mother actually was raped. And Chiron was the product of this rape. And she was not horse. And so she viewed this child as a monster and abandoned him. Now, Apollo was a shepherd, but he was also the god of light and enlightenment, found baby Chiron and raised him. And he raised him and taught him the art of medicine and herbs, music, archery, hunting, gymnastics, and prophecy. Now, Apollo also knew that most centaurs tended to be wild and actually raucous and drink too much. So he also taught Chiron how to be more gentle and grounded. And Chiron actually became known for his knowledge and skill with medicine and was credited with the discovery of herbology and medicine. So then he went on to train the heroes of that time. And later, one of his students, much later, Hercules came to visit Chiron in his cave with the other centaurs. And somehow a little battle ensued and Hercules accidentally shot Chiron in the leg with a poison arrow that is supposed to kill humans, but it, it just wounded Chiron a lot. And so Chiron then had to deal with trying to heal this wound and he worked on it and he worked on it and he worked on it and it didn't get better, but because he was a demigod, so he wasn't human, he was going to live forever. He was going to have to suffer forever. And so he, I think either he or Hercules went to Zeus and asked him to allow him to die. And so Zeus took pity and exchanged Prometheus, who was the god who gave us fire, exchanged him for Chiron and allowed Chiron to die, and then honored him by putting him in the stars in the constellation that is now known as Centaurus. So, that is originally how the Wounded Healer was coined. I also want to note here for some of you, myself included, abandoned child would be a big wound. It's often the first wound. Wounding that we have is some rejection in our family. That could be any number of things, uh, but the first wounding is often this wounding of love. So the the... Modern day, in 1958, Carl Jung was a psychologist, a Swiss psychologist, who also talked about the wounded healer archetype. Jung actually talked about a lot of archetypes in his psychology uh, theories, but he used it to describe a phenomenon that would take place between the analyst and the analyzed. In one of his later works called The Fundamental Questions of Psychotherapy, Jung suggested that sometimes a disease was the best training for a physician. And then I also want to highlight that Viktor Frankl, who was a psychiatrist who managed to survive the Nazi concentration camps purely because he felt like this, there was meaning in what he was going through. And he is known for 
the book called Man's Search for Meaning, which is my latest read, which, by the way, is is obviously not a light read. But if you're super sensitive, I, I would say that you can probably do it. It's it's okay. So I, sometimes I shy away from books because I, I can't handle the emotion of them. But this book, I think you could probably manage. And I think it's a good read. And I think it's probably an important read for most of us. So Viktor Frankl was in the Nazi concentration camps. He was a psychiatrist. But I just want to note, and I'll put this in the show notes, a paper that was written about the wounded healer that... In a, this is a quote from that. For Frankel, if life has meaning, suffering must necessarily have meaning too. The way in which a person accepts this destiny and suffering provides his life with a profound sense of meaning. The act of acknowledging, owning, that as physicians were wounded healers could be a turning point for our profession. The primitive understanding of medicine would no doubt lead us to a new sense of solidarity with our patients who stand beside us, struggling themselves to create a better world. This better world is not some utopia in which everyone is always kind and constantly in perfect health, but the imperfect world in which we find ourselves and which, as a result of our constant search for meaning, is evolving toward greater cohesion and solidarity." I want to say that again. This better world is not some utopia in which everyone is always kind and constantly in perfect health, but the imperfect world in which we all find ourselves and which, as a result of our constant search for meaning, is evolving toward greater cohesion and solidarity. This process might bring us joy and will most certainly bring us greater peace of mind. So I sort of I really want to bring this thread through. In the last episode, I also did this. If you're a wounded healer, by all means, you are one of the most important people on the planet right now because you know what it takes to stand up again. You know what it takes to have an open heart. You know what the wounding feels like. You can see it in other people. You can just see that other people react differently. Your body, your soul chose the healer archetype. Others might actually choose to be a wounder. And so as a healer, as a wounded healer, someone who sees this in other people, it's really important for us to find a space to help the wounders, the people who are causing other people pain in our society right now, to actually help them heal as best we can, but with good boundaries, folks. <laughs> so anyway, characteristics of the wounded healer, according to Psychology Today, are you are a lifelong seeker. You have a strong sense of purpose. People call on you when in need. You've helped people since you were a child. You look at experiences as an opportunity for growth, and you're able to find the calm in the chaos. Most of the time, right, guys? Other times, sometimes it's just crazy anxiety. <laughs> All right, so the three challenges of wounded healer in business are boundary issues, overcompensation, and low self-esteem. And here are some of the ways that we do this in business. So boundary issues, here are the ways. Not having clear policies and written agreements. You go over your treatment times. You are not able to set your prices. You are sharing too much personal information. You are thinking about your favorite patients in off time. Especially for new practitioners, you might be tempted to give medical advice to random people, honestly, because you're so... I've been here and I've probably done 100% of all of these things. So there is no judgment here. 
But when we get out of school, we are so excited to tell everybody about what we do that sometimes you you have to be really aware if you're giving people advice, because that is medical advice. Not sure when to start talking about what you do in social situations. Where is the line between being social and taking an opportunity to educate someone about acupuncture and Asian medicine? We have a tendency to trade. I don't, I don't know how I feel about trading. It's not really important how I feel about it, but trading in my past was okay doing massage, but I think my current state is not is a slippery slope. And I, I think that's just too much mixed relationship and too much comfort zone area. And I think you can get yourself in trouble there. But like I said, I'm not judging. But if you're trading, you have to be careful if you're taking insurance. Anyway, you give too much away when you're doing promotions. Let's see here. So when I was a massage therapist and I was starting my career as a massage therapist, I decided that I was going to do sports massage because my background is exercise science and business and I have bachelors in that and I was an athlete and these were my people and I felt comfortable here. So I decided one summer that I was going to just focus my entire summer on marketing. And so I was also a cyclist. What was I? Was I a cyclist? Anyway, it doesn't matter. I was also a cyclist and a runner and I went to the Y and I asked because in where I lived at the time, the Y had a robust, they put on so many races all year round. It was really great programming. And so I asked if I could come to the higher level competitive ones. So in other words, where more serious athletes would show up like a full marathon or Olympic distance triathlon or greater or anyway, the longer races. And then I went to the mountain bike race series providers and I asked them if I could show up to all of the mountain bike races in the state and then I went to all of the bike shops because in this town every single person who owned every bike shop had to put on a race isn't that crazy so anyway they had to put on like a full-on big race and so I went to all the bike shops and I said I, I contacted every person who put on the races and I showed up at every race. I put this on my calendar. This is what I did for an entire summer every weekend. And when I did this, I decided that I was going to charge a dollar a minute to do massage. Whereas everybody else that does massage at these events does it for free because they just want to hand out cards. Well, I know how hard it is to do massage for 10 hours straight and wash their hands in between each person and change table paper. And it's exhausting and it's really hard and it's hot and it's, you don't drink and you don't go to the bathroom and you don't eat. It's really hard. And so I charged a dollar a minute and the first, oh gosh, I was nervous about this. And the first event that I went to was a marathon and the people who ran like the 5k or the 10k or whatever, the lower distance levels came across the finish line and they came up to get a massage and they looked at my sign and they were like, what? You're charging a dollar? And I was like, well, yeah, because I value my time and my education and my services. Why wouldn't you? And they walked away. I mean, they were mad. People walked away and it was a lot of people, not just one. <laughs> and then I, and nobody came and nobody, nobody would pay. And I sat there in my tent all alone and I was questioning myself and thinking, oh dear God, what did I do? I am not handing my cards out to anybody and time goes by, like, I'm, I'm not kidding you, like two hours, three hours goes by, but the race is long, right? And they start the slower people first. So the people who, yeah. So 
then these athletes start coming in again and people start showing up at the table and they're like, Oh, sign me up. Oh, and I had a sign up sheet and, and I went gangbusters and it was because the higher level athletes know the benefit. They are willing to pay a dollar a minute. They were scrambling back to their cars to find a $20 bill. Like, People were running for their money to pay me. And it was people who knew, people who I was in line, alignment with, like people who knew that I had value and they knew the value of having their legs flushed out after a race like that. They could recover quicker and they could get training quicker and they could do a better time at their next race. So this happened all summer long and it was amazing. And I would make great money on the weekends, but it was really hard, but it is exactly what booked me. So don't give stuff away for free. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. I think that was a really long explanation of that. So com overcompensation. Let's talk about the second one. Over overcompensation. You tend to have money issues because you would rather the other person be happy than you get paid what you're worth, right? You do things for free. You give discounts when people don't even ask for them. You're doing too much in one treatment. You're trying to knock it out of the park. This is another story. Oh, gosh. One of my favorite instructors in school. This is one thing that sticks in my head all the time because I really want to knock it out of the park on the first visit all the time. <laughs> and that's just my personality type. Even though I know it's not going to happen, it's not healthy if it does happen. He used to say, you're not trying to knock it out of the park in the first visit or even the second visit. You're just getting to know your patient. Just get to know your patient. Don't knock it out of the park. So that was super helpful. Something that the new practitioners in particular deal with with overcompensation is arranging your schedule so a patient doesn't have to arrange theirs. I see that all the time. Oh, you can't make it on Thursday? What about Tuesday? You don't even work Tuesday. Don't go in on Tuesday. So not having set, set hours, which is also a boundary issue, but people will come see you. They'll find a way. And if, if not, then you'll see them next week. Keep your boundaries with your schedule. Set a schedule. Do not come in for one appointment. One appointment costs you three hours, not one. So the last area is having a low self-esteem, which often looks like rejection, insecurity, perfection. You get into a freeze state that what you blog about isn't right or good enough. Your website isn't done because you can't get it perfect. You procrastinate. So new practitioners especially do this. This is one of the ones that I did the most. Overstudying and prepping for patients and cases. Oh, dear God, don't do that. Set, set a, an amount of time. Afraid to go networking, go to, afraid to go to a networking event because who would want to talk to you? Feeling rejected when you're reaching out to other professionals to collaborate and they don't return your calls or texts or DMs. That one breaks my heart. Not putting patients on a treatment plan after the initial eval because you want to earn the patient's trust by treating them a couple times before you ask them to schedule. Here's the thing with that. So your initial eval is a big chunk of change. That is an investment. They're doing that because they trust you. They innately trust you. You're actually doing them more of a disservice if you don't make sure they stick to your treatment plan. So get them scheduled on the first visit. It saves you time and them time, and they only have to make one commitment. You really, get this, you're asking them to make one commitment instead of the same commitment six times, which is hard, right? It's pushing a rock up a hill six times. Just do it once. And we both know 
that they might not get a shift, honestly, until that fifth or sixth visit. So don't waste their time and money. Okay. So the last two are that your day is ruined if a patient doesn't seem to be getting better. And you have a level five panic attack if someone violates your policies and you have to confront them or charge them. So here are some solutions to these problems. So with regards to boundaries, have policies for everything and another sheet of responses so that you know what to write or say when the policies are challenged and you don't have to think of something to say when you're emotionally charged. You're just going to use your sheet. So that's super helpful. You'll have the wording. You can tweak the wording as you go along, but you know, Barbara, I'm sorry that you didn't show up, but we have a no-show policy that you signed on the first visit and we charge you the full amount. So the charge for that is 80 and then 80 for today. If she gets mad and leaves, that's okay, guys. It's okay. Other patients will come. Other patients will appreciate you. Stay on time with everybody. Do not add to your treatment. Decide what aspects of your life you're willing to talk about. Decide this in advance. I don't like to chat a lot because I like to focus on what I'm doing, but if I feel like a patient is having a challenge and I have had that challenge and I have found some things that worked for me, I might say, hey, this thing happened to me too, and here were some things that helped me. So this is how I actually share, is if it only, only if it benefits the patient, right? And I'm not going to throw myself under the bus for my patient. I'm usually fine. Like, I've lived a pretty messed up life in some places and other people have too. And it's okay to say, I struggled with that at one point and here's what I did. Maybe you can find some answers there too, but we'll treat you. Anyway, decide what you're going to talk about, what you're not going to talk about. Set and stick with your prices. Set your prices. Stick with them. If you want to give discounts, have written policies about for yourself. Have written policies about how, who, and when. So you're not tempted by what you think a patient needs. Let's see here. The second one, overcompensation. So this is the way that we tend to overcompensate, or this is, these are ways that we can be less likely to overcompensate. So when you're doing a treatment, less is more. Don't try to do so much. Discounts only with the policy. So you put that policy in order and you only give discounts according to your policies. If you want to do things for free, great. Choose an event or a nonprofit or give away one of your other talents like art. If you guys feel like you, if you feel guilty about making money and you want to give, don't give this. This is what feeds you. Give your art or go volunteer your time or go volunteer something. Do something else that makes you feel like you're giving. Got it? Because you this feeds you. The, and, and you're only going to show up if, if you feed you. Have absolute strict hours, right? Have your hours set. And if a patient cannot come in on that day, so be it. <laughs> this is so hard. This is so hard for new practitioners. It's hard in the beginning. But driving in to see a patient for one hour actually usually takes about two to three, right? And once you've done it a couple times, you are not going to argue with me. Low self-esteem solutions. So, oh geez, man, this is one that I've struggled with so much and it's perfection. So just think this, keep this in your head. Progress over perfection. Progress over perfection. Done is better than perfect. The second one is there's someone, oh man, there is someone, there is someone, low self-esteem. I'm going to tell you this. There is someone just waiting for all you have to offer. There is someone just waiting for you to show up with all of your gifts. You just have to put yourself out there. 
And I say this, and this might be a little bit controversial, but for me, it makes it easier. Fail forward. What is the most loving way to fail forward? I am so afraid of failure. It goes back to the perfection thing. But I'm so afraid of failure that it slows me down and I hesitate quite a bit. It's okay. Just throw yourself out there and fail because failing is part of it. Failing is part of the plan and it's great. It's great information. It's kind of funny because when I started podcasting and started an online business, my friend Caitlin also started, signed up for coaching and started a coaching, started her own coaching business. She's an athlete and a massage therapist. And she is really gregarious. She has very few aces, very few adverse childhood events, very little trauma in her life. She's very healthy, very friendly, very outgoing. I I say she's like a golden retriever puppy. She's just great to be around. And she doesn't have a lot of self-doubt and self-esteem issues. And so she doesn't, things don't stop her up. Like all of these challenges, she doesn't really have. (laughs) She, in the time that I did coaching and I did everything to start an online business, within six months, she was already making money coaching online, doing, having coaching plans and doing everything and getting everything out there and making, and she made, we talked about it at one point. She was like, I made so many mistakes and maybe I shouldn't do everything so fast because she does everything fast. She's like, maybe I shouldn't do everything so fast all the time. And I was like, wow, she's so impressive because she just does things, messes up moves forward, does things, messes up, moves forward, and has successes. She made great money when she did it, but there were a lot of things that she would change. So my point is, just stay in action, just keep moving forward. And part of that means you're going to fail forward and just learn from it and get up and do it again. Get people scheduled for the entire treatment plan on the first visit. This way, this, this is really just a great exercise, a way for you to build confidence in yourself as a business owner. And you know, I mean, honestly, too, at least you're giving your patient the opportunity to say no. I mean, and if they say no, that they can't schedule six visits, then schedule them for four, right? But on that second visit, you got to ask them again and go, oh, can we look at the next, the last two weeks and get those six visits scheduled? No big deal. No big deal. It's okay. Set time limitations, prepping for patients. (laughs) This is what I had to do. And studying for specific ailments, right? People will absolutely no show. And they will absolutely cancel too late. So do the prep work so that you know how to handle it and don't default to not being empowered to confront and stop the situation. Oh man, some of you are going to learn this hard way, but you'll remember me saying this. There's no problem having this happen. I had to do this as a massage therapist. I kept having people no show or cancel too late and One of my solutions, because this was the paper era, was just to create another cancellation policy and have every single patient sign it again so that they knew. And I just said, I've been having a lot of people cancel too late. I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page. So I'm going to have everybody cancel, sign a cancellation sheet again. So that worked for me and also confronting. And they were my best clients too that started doing it. And I confronted one of them and I was like, I can't, I can't, you know, this is my living and I can't make money and eat and live if you do this and I don't give me a chance to get this slot rebooked. <laughs> she bought me like 10 CDs and paid me. So I don't know. You'll mess it up. I messed it up. How about side, oh man, how about side projects and things that you're good at? 
Know what it feels to be good at something so that you can find that feeling in your business too, okay? And lastly, understand that you are just learning again. And it takes time to find your groove. It takes time to find your groove. So a lot of these things, if you have trauma in your past, you're going to notice that your reactions to a lot of these things are not commensurate with maybe what they should be. In other words, your reaction is bigger than what it possibly should be for the situation at hand. Please make sure you subscribe because I'm going to be talking about that quite a bit in the future because I want to make sure that we set you up with the best skills. I'm not going to lie, I'm also doing this myself, which is why I feel like, yes, because I'm getting it and it's great. It's really helping and I'm really finding some really great solutions for myself. And so I will be talking about those with you. All right. Thanks, guys. Let me know if there's anything else I can do for you. You can find me on Instagram and you can send me an email at hello at accusprout.com. Be well. That's it. That's the end of the show. Thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate you guys. And if you appreciate this podcast, it would be amazing if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a great review. And if you don't like what I'm doing, then that's okay. No worries. Just skip it.